I'm going to hang just a second while we get a sound pack set up for Miss Brad over here so she can hear, all right? Everybody's good with that, right? We're all good with it. Yeah, so it's kind of funny, but, but uh, you know, you wonder if you can't hear things right, it's not good. Um, like my wife will say something to me sometimes and I'll think it's totally different. You know, like feed the cat becomes kill the cat um, or you know, any number of weird things like that. Or we'll say something, I'll go, what, huh, what? And, and we're kind of, and, and I never, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I always thought my dad had selective hearing, but uh, it was... Uh, yeah, now I, now I realize I've become my dad, so I'm <clears throat> um, kind of one of those things, but, uh, but it's not good. So Greg's going to get her set up with one of the things, and, and um, I'm not smart enough to make them work, so <clears throat> um, yeah, that's just the way it goes, man. I don't know what to say, but, uh, but I do want to hold off um, and make sure that she's able to hear everything before we get going. So we got it going. All right. All right. So, well, I'll just say one thing. I'm excited to see Miss Brad here this morning, and I uh, talked to her on the phone a while back, and I know she's been in the house for quite a while, and it's good to see everybody here. And, and so um, it's been kind of crazy. I don't know, these last few weeks, it's, it's really different, this whole thing. I have, uh, <clears throat> I have um, not really uh, ever experienced anything like this before. I never thought that uh, we would close the church building for eight weeks straight. That's insane, absolutely insane. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I might have thought it if we were living in Russia or somewhere like that, you know, got, got shut down, but not in America. So anyway, um, we've, we've been shut down for a few weeks, and, and um, that's, that's kind of the way it works, and we've learned a whole lot of new things over the last few weeks, especially technology-wise. Last night, I was here um, with uh, Tony Velez and, and one of his employees. They were here working on our network stuff, getting a new firewall and some stuff put in, and some of you know Tony. Most of you here probably don't. He and Ines and their four little girls were in our church uh, maybe 20 years ago, 19, 18 years ago. They, it's been a while, and, uh, but anyway, they, they moved to Anchorage, and, and he uh, does IT stuff, and he has a company there in Anchorage that uh, he started, but uh, anyway, we were talking about different things, and all the technology stuff, and things happening right now, and I said, you know, the craziest thing is this, this video pass-through deal that, that you got to have to do web, web stuff, to do live streaming, and, and the thing about it is, you can't find them. I mean, they're gone. They're all sold out. It's like the FM transmitter to do the drive-in service. You can't have them. I mean, you, you can't find them. They're all gone. China is sold out. And, and so it's just the way it is. And, and you cannot get one. And I could have made money on the one I bought. But, but we saved it, you know, to do that. So it's a, hot, it's a hot commodity. We've had people borrow it from us to do graduation services and and whatnot, and then we got this thing, and I'm telling Tony about this Elgato, you know, I said, look, gamers hate us, this is, a, this is what gamers use, so that they can webcast as they game, and I never dreamed that somebody would watch somebody game, but I, it's a big deal, so anyway, this is called an Elgato, and I'm telling about this Elgato, and finally I said, well, it's this thing over here, and, and uh, I show it to him. It's just a little bitty black box, and, and you take the camera, and you plug the camera into there, and then the camera goes into the computer, and it takes 
the optical image and turns it into a digital image so you look you know so it looks like real tv it looks real and good and and um i'm showing this thing i go it's an elgato and he looks at it, he goes elgato and and you know he says it in spanish and i'm like what and he goes yeah he said it's it's not elgato and I'm like, oh, okay. And so I said, what does that mean? He said, it's the cat. It means the cat. And so we got the cat making it happen. So, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. So, um, you know, it, it's been, it has been just pretty bizarre, but, but we've, you know, done the best. And, and I'm really thankful everybody's been really gracious with us um, as we've tried to get things going and on TV and, and um you know, streaming and whatnot, and I think the first service, they recorded it, and it was supposed to go up online about right now, but it's still uploading to YouTube. It'll be there tonight, so, um, you know, we just kind of keep things going, doing the best we can, and that's why we've been recording it, so the last few weeks, I come here instead of looking at y'all, and y'all look great, man. I'm, you know, I'm telling you, this is great. Um, the, the last few weeks, um, normally the band would finish, they'd pack up their instruments, they'd be getting everything, we'd be switching equipment, moving cameras around, I'd be coming here, and there's this round light, you know, and it's not like, you know, the, I'm going to the tunnel of light kind of thing, it's different, I'm staring into this, and then my son-in-law, Trevor, would be walking back and forth, filming it, and then take it, and it'd take him about eight hours to put it all together, and do all that stuff. So now we've got it down to where it's just one shot and, and it's done and what happens happens and and um, and all. But I didn't have to do any retakes, by the way. Um, so um, it's it's all good. But but we're gonna wrap up. We've been doing a series on the church. It's a good day to re to to wrap it up. And and so we're gonna wrap it all up and talk about our mission statement. Our mission statement, it's on this coffee cup I've been drinking out of every week, and it's not coffee. I've already had six shots of espresso today. I'm good. Um, so <laughs> this is a good day, and uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be rolling all afternoon long. I had four before I came, and then Regina said, hey, you want an Americano? I said, yeah, I'll take a black Americano, 12 shot, uh, two sh- uh, 12 ounce. 12 ounces, 12 ounces, two shots. And uh, so here we're going. But, uh, but on there it says, loving Christ, serving others, building believers. And that's our mission statement. And, and I really believe that biblically it sums up God's purpose for the church. That, that we are to love Jesus, serve others, and grow people. I mean, that's, that's really what the Scriptures lay out. And, and so I think it sums it up in the Scriptures we're looking at today. Give us the mission in simple commands. It's just simple commands of what it is. It's what we're made for. This is what we're made for. This is what God created us for. He put us here for this purpose. And, and we are here, and, and God made us for these things. And as we wrap it up, this is going to bring it all together. So I want us to look at these two things. And, and in that, the first one is worship God. When we say loving Christ, it's worshiping God. It, Jesus is God in the flesh, and we are made to worship. We are created to worship. We're wired to worship. That's what God has made us to do. We've looked at it in the last few weeks. We naturally give worth to whatever captivates us. Whatever captivates our hearts and our minds and our imaginations, we give worth to it. We give time to it. We spend money on it. We, we think about it. We, we, just, we, we gravitate towards that. That's, that's what, and, and really at its essence, that, that becomes worship if we're not <clears throat> careful. But what we're created to is to give our worship solely to God. 
We are created to solely worship God. It's, it's not that it's bad to see the beauty of the creation and, and think, you know, this is an amazing thing. It's a beautiful thing that God has given to us. But we need to not worship the created, but worship the creator that gave us the created. So when we see things around us, they should move us to praise God, to worship God for what he has done that we are able to experience and see and, and take in. And so as the Israelites prepared to enter the promised land, God began to give them commands through Moses. He began to speak to them to prepare their hearts as they would go in. And so for 40 days, the book of Deuteronomy is a 40-day window in time. And in that, Moses speaks to the people of Israel. And he brings the word of God to the people. And, and in there, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4, is the thing called the Shema. It means hear. And, and so it means listen up. This is, this is important. This is what you need to drive deep down. And, and in there, he says... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So this is where he begins and he goes on. He says, you know, you're buying these things on your, on your forehead, wrap them, wrap them around, put them in, put them in you know, scripture boxes and, and you are to talk about them with your kids at the table when you walk and so forth. You're, you're to live this stuff and pass it on. But, but he begins by saying, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. In other words, worship God, worship God alone. And, and that's, <clears throat> that, that's what it's saying, that he is the only legitimate thing to worship. God is the only one worthy of our worship. So we gather each week to worship, but we worship every day. Every single day we worship. We worship throughout the week. We're not just a people who gather together on Sunday morning to worship because that would have been kind of strange over the last few weeks. We couldn't gather together. We were in our, in our living rooms or wherever it was that you watched online. Um, you gathered with your family to worship, but we couldn't collectively gather to worship during that time or maybe in the parking lot honking our horns or whatever. But, um, but we had this, this opportunity. So the gathering, be it in a building or online, it's a time to worship as a group. We worship as a group. And, and it's when we focus on who God is instead of focusing on ourselves and the things around us. We sing about God. We pray. We examine ourselves in the light of God. But, <clears throat> but the gathering... It's, it's a time where we come and we put our focus on God. In Isaiah 26, verse 8, Isaiah said, In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. Isaiah, he just said, look, the name of God, the knowledge of God, the greatness of God, that's the desire of our soul. It's the desire of our soul for all people to see that and, and to come to that. It's living life daily in the presence of God, fully aware of His presence, fully desiring Him. That's what worship is. It's, it's when we spend our days in that mode when we're locked in to that mode and, and coming in there. So the church is the place where we build on it. And, and when we come together, the corporate worship service, and, and it reminds us of it. And it reminds us that everything is about Jesus. Everything that goes on is about Jesus. And it's reminding ourselves of who he is, what he's done, and what he promises that he will do. And it can bring on a multitude of emotions. We're going to, talk, we're going to go back to this in a few minutes. But, but it's really about loving Christ. So when we come into church, we're built to love Jesus. We are made to do this. Worship is a part of who we are. And then the second thing... <clears throat> is to share Jesus and help others. Um, when, when we talk about serving others, that means sharing Jesus, 
in helping them, sharing them in helping them. That's part of the Great Commission. Truly serving others is rooted at its very essence in making Jesus known to people. When we want to truly help others, we have to understand that the greatest thing that we could give to anyone is Christ. We meet their physical needs. We help them with their needs. And, and that's important. But ultimately, it's done so um, it, to honor God and also to have the opportunity to share the meaning of, of who Jesus is with them. So disciples, we, we all begin at the same place. Everybody begins as a Christian at the same place. It doesn't matter what our past is, what our life is at the moment. It doesn't matter who our parents are, what country we came from, what, um, what religious baggage we have. None of that stuff matters. None of it. What matters is, is that we begin with Jesus because that's the place where it all starts. It starts by knowing Jesus, by becoming a follower of Jesus. It's a response to the gospel, to the message of the good news of Jesus. And that's what gospel means. When we talk about sharing the gospel, we're talking about sharing the good news. Gospel means good news. It literally means good news. As a matter of fact, if you read through the Bible, in some places you might see, this gospel was given to me. Or you might say, tell the good news. The same word exact same word it just it just depends on the context of the statement as to how they place it in there um, but really the gospel just means good news when we talk about gospel we're just saying good news we're sharing the good news of jesus jesus put it this way in luke 4 18 and 19 he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor man that's good news I mean, that's good news. Set the captives free to bring good news to the poor, he have, to give sight to the blind, to liberty to those who are oppressed, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The good news of Jesus is what he commands us to share. So when we talk about this, we, we talk about sharing the good news of Jesus. So Jesus in Acts 1.8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, the, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, or to the ends of the earth. So as we come in there, Jesus, right before he ascends into heaven, this is what he tells the disciples. He says, look, you will receive power when the Spirit of God comes upon you, the Holy Spirit. And then you will tell my story. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So the first part about serving others is sharing the good news. It's the good news, making Jesus known to people. It's, it's a twofold thing. And the other part is serving others. So it's serving and sharing. These two things go hand in hand. Um, and, and sometimes we serve before we get a chance to share. You know, it's just the way it is. And, and, we come in in 1 John 3, 17, Jesus, uh, John wrote, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? John said, look, in, inside the church, inside the family of God, when we see other people in need, we help them out. And, and our church is really good about that. We've been really good um, about helping people, people who are in need. Um, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, I gotten a phone call one of the guys in, in our small group roger roger's in his 70s um he uh he had a couple of trees needed to come down in front of his yard and, and another 
got another guy in our small group, he, uh, Steve, he came over and brought all the tools, dump trailer and everything, and, and we all got out there and cut his tree down and, and took it down and, and helped him out. You know, that's just being a part of the family of God and, and helping one another. When Roger found out that Steve knew how to take down trees, he's like, hey, I've got a tree that needs to come down here. And, and so we all went and in a very short amount of time with his grandsons carrying all the wood, we did pretty good. And so it just happened really quick. But that's, that's one instance of that. It's helping other people. And, and we've had, you know, many of you have gone to help uh, widows in our church and people who needed things. I'm looking out the room, just seeing lots of people who've done a lot of stuff. It's helping others. Um, the other thing, it's not just helping people inside the church, though. It's helping people outside. When we come in and Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and, um, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's kind of in our neighborhood, you know, that's the people around us, not just the people in our church who go, okay, well, they're not, not Christians, but we still, you know, we're in community with these people. Our kids go to school together, we shop at their store, they come into our store, whatever it might be, and, and we help each other because we know each other, you know, we're, we're like, we're all in this together, we live here together, and, and we help, but Jesus went on, and he said, and then to Samaria, and we went, whoa, time out, Samaritans, we don't like them. They don't like us. And then to the uttermost parts of the earth, that's to the, all the ites, you know, the Amorites, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and all the bad people that, that they have bad history with. You know, and, and coming in, Jesus said, you know what? You're to help them too. You're to take the gospel to them as well. So not only to our friends, but to our enemies. So this, this serving others is, is universal. It's not just for those people who are like us or the people that we like, but it's to everyone. And that's the tough part of it. That's the tough part of the story. Jesus said in Luke 6, 35 to 36, he says, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. So Jesus said, you know what? Just like I've been merciful to you, I want you to be merciful to other people. Just like I've forgiven your sin and your offenses against me, I want you to forgive the sins and offenses others have committed against you. And, and so it comes in into that. So evangelism and serving others, they go hand in hand. It's, it's not either or, or one um, or the other, but, but it's through our love for others inside and outside of the church that we show the love of Jesus to the world. When we love other people and people from outside, they look at us and say, you know what, why do you treat people who are mean to you? Why do you treat them right? You know, why, why would you do that? It's because of the love of Christ in us. Um, in, <laughs> something that popped in my mind, I'm thinking about Samaritan's Purse. They set up this hospital in, uh, in the middle of Central Park, yet they're despised. They're despised because they, they have a biblical stand and, but, but they've never been mean to anybody. They've never, they, they just say, you know, we believe, this, these are our beliefs. We believe biblical things. And, and we love people, regardless of whether you agree with us or not, we still love you and we're still here to serve you. So it, it's a really interesting thing, but this is what Jesus is saying. That's the way that we reach people with the gospel is through love. And historically, that's been the way that, that, um, that enemies come to know Christ is through loving them. So it, it gives us the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And, and when we're, we're involved as a church, you know, kind of coming into that, you know, we're involved in missions all over the world. Our church today, we're, we're involved in missions all over the world. We're involved, we, we are supporting missionaries who are in the Middle East right now. 
um, reaching people who are in ISIS, the Taliban, um, you know, Muslims, all kinds of people that we look at and we go, oh, these are bad people. You know, well, no, they're just people. They're just people. They're people creating the image of God who don't know Jesus. And, and our goal is to share the good news of Jesus with them because that's the way that, that God has called us to reach them is, is through, through love. So as, as we come and do that, we have missionaries all over the world. Um, during the current situation that we're in, um, the, the, the way that we're connected to the world has really been magnified, you know? We have a common enemy. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live right now, you've got a common enemy, and it's the coronavirus. And nobody wants the coronavirus, right? That's, that's a big thing. Countries all over the world, everybody talks about it globally. Um, whatever, you know, whatever you think about it all, I mean, globally, it's the story. It's all that's in the news. So it's affected people everywhere. <clears throat> and one, there's, there's a, a family from our church. They serve in Central Asia. Um, and, and they have been over there for several years now. They've had three children uh, since they left here. They've had, uh, I think the first one was born while they were here. But, um, but anyway, um, I want to read the letter that I, that I got in an email a couple of days ago, and I'd ask if I could share this. Um, but uh, it said, when, when we last wrote, we had just arrived in Istanbul and were beginning to settle in. A brief timeline of events of the past eight weeks. March 15th, we arrived home from spending a week in the village with the tour group. March 16 and 17, we decided to leave, brought, bought airfare and Turkish visas, packed left our home, and arrived in Istanbul. We taxied to the grocery store and a restaurant. Russia announced it would close its borders to foreigners. March 18th, almost everything in Istanbul closed its doors. April 3rd, a curfew for children under the age of 20 was announced. They're not allowed outside. A similar curfew was announced on March 21 for anyone over the age of 65. April 11th, Weekend lockdowns began. Every weekend for at least the weekend, many times including Friday and maybe Thursday too, nobody was allowed outside except to go to work or to buy bread. Even grocery stores were closed. May 13, children under the age of 15 were allowed to go outside from 11 to 3 p.m. The pattern of children being able to go outside will continue on Wednesdays. Imagine your kids only being able to go outside from 11 to 3 on Wednesdays. Those ages 15 to 20 were allowed outside today for four hours, and those 65 and older were allowed outside on May 10. Needless to say, it's been a rough couple of months for us. While we have been very blessed to have a place to stay in a neighborhood we know, we have been gradually feeling the walls close in and everybody's moods worsen. We have played a lot of games. The girls have had a bit more screen time than usual, and the girls have gotten quite creative with paints, toilet paper rolls, and pipe cleaners. We have experienced incredible generosity by others here, such as the loaning of books and games, courtesy rides to a large grocery store, and helping order things online. We have never lacked for toilet paper. Over the past couple of weeks, it has become apparent to us that it might be a very long time before Russia opens its borders back to foreigners. We have waited mostly patiently for news to come that would indicate we'd be able to return home soon, but it has not come. So we have decided to return to the States for the time being and we'll wait on Russia's borders to open back up from there. We depart tomorrow on a direct flight from Istanbul to Chicago and then we'll fly to North Carolina on Saturday. We'll be based in Asheville for at least six weeks, at which time we'll reevaluate and see if we should relocate or continue to wait there. We would love to hear from you and even to see you in person if you're in the area. We would 
Uh, we, would, we should be able to come out of quarantine at the end of May. Please remember us as we fly tomorrow as masks and gloves are mandatory over the ocean flight. Um, so we've heard and we've been instructed to arrive at the airport four hours before our departed time. Traveling at this time just seems scary, even though we're mostly pros at world travel during normal conditions. Now, look, these are people who travel globally all the time with three kids, three little kids, babies on. You know, they, they've raised their kids flying. And, and whatever, but, but they're looking at it and going. So, you know, as we come in and you look, wow, that is amazing. You look at it, well, look, they're, they're just two out of about 5,000. Um, <clears> in that, in the letter, there was another little blurb down there from IMB, and he said, um, we've had missionaries all over the world. Some of them have had to just leave immediately. They've left everything. They left their homes. They left all their possessions. They left it all just with their families, got on a plane and, and came. And they'll, they may never be able to go back. They'll have to start all over again. Some will, not, some will not be able to go back to the countries they've served in for many years. Um, they'll have to go to somewhere else. They'll, they'll, um, they'll take their language skills to another place and, and go there and start over from scratch. It's, it's been an amazing thing. When we talk about serving others, that, that kind of get, gets real. It, it gets very um, interesting there. And then they said the cost of all of this, it was $2 million cost to move all these missionaries, $2 million. And then there was another $2 million budget shortfall because of, of everything that was going on. So that's $4 million. That sounds like a whole lot. That's less than a week's budget for them. But um, when you talk about 5,000 people, it's a pretty big budget. But, um, but we're a part of, of supporting those people. So that, to me, um, you know, when we talk about serving others, we talk about evangelism and, and missions and, and serving. It's something that, that we can look at and go, you know what, we are a part of taking the gospel to the world. That's what the church has been called to do. So as we come and we give faithfully every week, part of what we give, a percentage of that goes immediately to, to help missionaries around the world to take the good news of Jesus to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the world. And, and that's, I, I like that. I really like that. I like that we're a part of that, and, and that's why I love being in the, the Southern Baptist Convention, because of what we do with missions. That, that's it, pure and simple, right there. So um, there, there's some uh, great things, but as we come and talk about the gospel, look, here's the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus is God in the flesh. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross. They placed him in a tomb. Three days later, he conquered sin and death. He rose from that grave. He walked on the earth with his disciples. There were witnesses. Over 500 people witnessed it. Eyewitnesses. And he ascended into heaven to the right hand of God. And he's coming again, right? Yeah, that's it. That's the story. And that's the hope that we have. You see, we have a hope right now that the rest of the world may, not have, may or may not have. And that hope is Jesus. So that's the hope that we have. So we talk about loving Christ, serving others. And as we talk about <clears throat> serving others, you know, think about how can, how can I share the gospel? How can I share the gospel? Who can I be praying for? How can I, um, how, how can I take the, the current situation and use that to open the door to serve someone and share the gospel as, as we come into that? And then the final thing is building believers. So we have loving Christ, serving others, building believers. See, it's all in my fancy coffee cup that I've been drinking water out of. For the last few weeks because coffee would get old sitting there for all that time or cold um, but but the final thing is to disciple others building believers is, is discipleship it's it's discipling others uh, making disciples is the command of the great commission so we've had 
two scriptures here this morning. The first one is, is from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the next one is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And in it, <clears throat> Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore into all the world, share the gospel with all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said, make disciples. That's the command. He says, make disciples. So what is a disciple? A disciple is a person who follows Jesus. It's a person who's been redeemed, who knows Jesus and is following him. If you have come to that place of knowing Jesus and you're following him, if you've come to that place of turning from living life on your terms to living it on his, not just knowing the facts about Jesus. Look, a lot of people know about Jesus. A lot of people believe that there was a Jesus. They, they'll say, I believe in Jesus. Look, that does not change you. It is turning to him that changes you. It's Knowing that, yes, there was a man named Jesus who was God in the flesh, who died on a cross, and who rose from the grave to redeem me from sin. It's not just knowing the facts and believing that they're true. It's acting on them. It's turning and following Him. It's not that I was raised in church and I know the story. It's that I have chosen to respond to Him in faith, to trust Him, and to follow Him. It means that when I walk behind him, I will take the fork in the road that he takes. It means that I'm no longer a free agent. I belong to him. I belong to Jesus. I'm following him. So disciples, they're not people who just said a prayer. They're people who have become followers of Jesus. They're people who have asked him for his forgiveness, turned to him, and they are following him. They are on a journey to follow Jesus. And we all come to him in, in that way. So these are folks who have acknowledged their sin, turned to Jesus, and fully committed themselves to Him. And, and that's the building believers part of our mission as a church, is our mission statement. And it encompasses all that takes place after a person decides to follow Jesus. You see, when we decide to follow Jesus, then we begin on a journey. It doesn't mean, look, you say a prayer and ask Jesus to forgive your sins and say, I give my life to you, I'm committing myself to you, I'm all in. That doesn't mean that you're changed overnight. It means that you're redeemed. It means that you are right before God. It means that you, from that moment on, are holy and blameless before God. Not because you've done anything, but because Jesus did everything. It's because we received the gift of redemption that He and He alone can give to us. And then we begin this process of growth. Just like a baby's born, and they begin to grow, and they move, and they begin to walk, and they begin to talk, and they begin to do all the stuff, and, and, and they train, and they become adults and and then they reproduce and in turn in Ephesians 4 11 through 16 it says and he gave and God gave uh, the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so it builds itself up in love. This is exciting. This is exciting stuff. You know what it says? It says every single one of us have a part to play. Every single one of us are important. 
Every single one of us equally are necessary in the body of Christ for it to function properly. Um, You don't go cutting out a ligament. You don't go cutting out a joint thinking, I don't need it. I can still live without it. Those are serious decisions. You don't go amputate a limb just because you don't think I need it. You get one cut off, you'll find out real quick. It, It was pretty necessary. So, you know, it's just the way that it is. We are all necessary. We're all apart. And that building believers comes in to that point. <clears throat> so, so as, as we come in there, we are called to grow so that as we grow, we grow into a healthy body. So as, as the way that God has made you, created you, gifted you, whatever it is that you do and whatever it is that he's given you the ability to do and, and given you a heart to do, th- those are important things. They're necessary in the body of Christ for all of us to function as we do. Man, I've learned a lot of that over the last few weeks. I mean, big time, because there are people who are good with technology and and working and bringing all this different stuff together that we've seen, and everybody's been really gracious as as we've gotten it figured out somewhat. But even even, uh, when we tried to live stream the two times from from the parking lot thing, that was, uh, the live stream was a catastrophe. I mean, just, we couldn't get the internet speed. We couldn't get, you know, we finally got the technology worked out on our end. And then the internet speed wouldn't work. It just fell apart. I don't know if people were binging Netflix every Sunday morning or what, but there was no internet happening, man. I mean, I could, I could walk faster than the internet moved. So, you know, it it was just, uh, it was just, just like that. But, um, but we came in and, and we had that thing, you know, that church online deal. And you guys watch that. So, so, you know, I know there's probably a whole lot of different things that you noticed about it, but I want to tell you what I noticed about it. This is what I noticed. I, I watched the chat. So the chat part, because I'd already preached a sermon, so I'm watching, you know, so I respond or whatever. And, and I'm watching in there. And I noticed, you know what I noticed? There, there were certain, a certain person took 25% of it. One guy took 25%. And, and I made fun of him in the first service while he was here. But um, I started counting, I started counting, okay, there's 63 comments and there's 20-something by Daniel. And I'm running the numbers in my head and I, I go, I, I th- you know, I think that's, uh, I think that's 23%, 23, you, you accounted for 23% of the comments. And so, anyway, it was just kind of funny. But, um, but I noticed a lot of that, but there were a lot of people that worked to make all that come together because I didn't find the church online platform. Uh, my daughter Hannah did that. Um, she said, "Look, this is this is how we got." It. And then and then you know other people figured out this is where, where we're going to store it. This is how we're going to do it. We tried Facebook first. Um, that that wasn't that that didn't cover it because not everybody's on there. I just got on there a few weeks ago and I'm ready to get off. Um, you know, it just Facebook doesn't do a thing for me. But um, but we finally got it figured out on YouTube because anybody can access that without an account and coming in, and, and, and that's the way that it works. So we come in, and, and you have a lot of different people doing a lot of different things to make this work. That's the way that discipleship is, and we train people to do the things that we do, and they come in, and then the things that we've learned spiritually, we take and we pass those on to other people. Paul put it this way to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. He said, the things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to, uh, to teach others also. He said, you know, the stuff that God's taught you, 
Teach it to somebody else who's earnestly trying to follow Jesus. Invest in those people. Invest in those people who are new believers coming behind you. Invest the things that you've learned in them. That's what building believers is all about. That's what we're about as church, is is taking people and, and helping them to grow in their faith. Because you know what? We're all at a different point in our faith. Some have been, been walking with Jesus for 50, 60, 70 years, whatever it is, maybe 80 years. I don't know. Um, and, and then there are others who just started on the journey in the last few weeks. You know, we had someone in here in the first service. She just gave her life to Christ just a few weeks ago um, during all the shelter at home thing. So, um, you know, you, you, you've got this, this vast array of people. And, and what the picture is, is that we're taking people along with us and training them. So this is what happens when we talk about discipleship. It's what happens in small groups. Um, it's what happens in our daily Bible reading. It's what happens when you read scripture each day. It's what's happening when you're meditating on the word of God. It's what happens when we are in prayer to God, when we're in worship. It's happening in our homes and in various other contexts. It's intentionally passing on to others what God has done in our lives and building on that ourselves as we walk with God and grow in our own faith. And so... We do that. So the church, as we come and, and, and wrap it all up, look, our church, our dimension isn't one-dimensional. It's not just one thing. If all we did as a church was go out and share the gospel with people and see them pray to receive Christ, and that was it, we would be unhealthy. We, we'd have great numbers. Don't get me wrong, we'd have great numbers. And I'm not diminishing the fact that people are coming to know Christ. But if we're not discipling the people who come to Christ, we're, we're failing. We're not doing everything that Jesus called us to do. If we're not serving other people, we're not being the people God called us to do because that's not going to open. If we're not serving, we're not opening doors to, to share the gospel. And we're not setting ourselves up to be able to train other people, to build, build believers and so forth. And, and our church, is doing, we're doing a good job in, in, in these areas. And, and we just need to remind ourselves that, <clears throat> that church is, is a big thing. It's a big picture. And God calls and creates us to be in, in a lot of... <clears throat> involved in a lot of different areas in order to accomplish the mission he's given to us. So it's intentionally passing on what's been given to us to another generation so that they can experience it and follow it and own it. So that's, that's kind of where we are. So the church, um, the church, the mission encompasses worship. It it encompasses evangelism, missions, and discipleship. So as we come into that, that's, that's what we are. And, and it's accomplished by every single one of us as the body of Christ as we yield ourselves to Jesus because we've been redeemed from death to life for a purpose. We've been redeemed for a purpose. And you know what? We'll, we'll get through this. And, and I, I'm telling you, it's just so good. At, at one time I said, man, we just don't have many people in here today. I feel like we got a humongous crowd today. I mean, I'm telling you, after preaching to an empty room with just Trevor and myself in here for for too long, um, it's uh, it's so good to see you guys. (laughs) Y'all are beautiful. You look great. I mean, you're the best looking people I've ever seen. Um, But but it's really good. And I'm excited as as we move forward because we're going to keep doing this. You know, sign up, sign your group up, whatever your group is, and we'll do whatever it is that we have to do to make it happen. We're going to do it. We're committed to that. As a staff, we're committed to that. 
Um, next Sunday, Pastor Jonah is going to preach. It's going to be his last Sunday here for him and Brittany. Um, they're, they're moving back to Texas um, the 31st. So they are flying out that night. But um, it's been a, they've been a blessing to us. And, and um, so Pastor Jonah is going to share next Sunday. He's going to preach, bring a message. And, um, <clears throat> and we're also going to have a send-off for them as well um, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to do that. And um, so watch your inbox online to sign up, and we'll, we'll figure out if we need to add a service. We're going to add a service. But whatever we need to do, we're going to do. And, um, and then hopefully we'll be able to increase the numbers very quickly, and we'll be able to have all the chairs not in a big pile over there, but sitting on the floor with people in them. So that's what I'm looking forward to. So normally I'd wrap it up right here. I'd pray and say, hey, it's been great to be with you this week. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you sometime, but I do see you. And, um, and, and tell people, you know, you can give online, give at the boxes in the back. People are asking me, We're, we didn't pass the plates. I said, well, the plates are the boxes. We can't pass plates. So, you know, we can't pass plates and we can't have coffee. So I don't know what the world's come to, but, but that's where it is. So let's pray. Father, we just uh, come before you and we praise you and we thank you for the many, many blessings that you've given to us. Father, that, that we can come together and worship you. Father, we praise you because you are a God who is worthy of praise. Lord, you alone are worthy of our praise and, and worthy of our worship. And Lord, we just ask that you would strengthen us and prepare us <clears throat> for the things ahead. Lord, we thank you that we can meet together today, and we're praying that we'll be able to meet um, in full before too long. Father, we just uh, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.